Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, January 30th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the bare bones of Web3, episode 16, with special guests Tim and Major. Let's take a listen. The date is January 30th, 2023. Welcome to Bare Bones and Web3, episode 16, with your hosts, Saberstein, EJ, the founder, and B-Bands, a weekly dose of Web3 news, opinions, market analysis, and updates. This show is sponsored by Space Skellies. Please see the links above for more information. This show is for entertainment and information purposes only. Don't be silly. This is not financial advice, information, entertainment. None of the topics discussed should be taken as such. If you're interested in these topics, please do your own research. Now, again, thank you so much for coming to episode 16 of Bare Bones. This week, we'll be joined by special guest, the mayor, and Tom from Roots Research. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey there. Hello. So um, we're going to go into the news and I'm going to uh, bring up uh, three or four news items. And then um, if you have any comments, please feel free. Um, if not, then we'll just proceed to the market analysis and then we'll have our chat. So um, if you're not on mic. Oh, there you go. Oh, there's Robo. All right. Well, Bare Bones Newsreel, January 30th, 2023. For our first story, you can't be found if it is not known who you are. But how do you get credit for your actions if no one knows who you are? If you can remember Avram Eisenberg and his profitable trading strategy, that is what the hacker called the theft of $110 million. In October, he did return $67 million, but Avram was still arrested in Puerto Rico last month, even though he passed an on-chain governance proposal so that mango markets couldn't sue, apparently that doesn't stand in a court of law. And he is currently being sued by mango markets. So he's arrested, he's being sued by mango markets, and they're suing him for $47 million. I guess pride does come before the fall. He might have really believed in his head that he would not suffer the consequences or maybe his ego got in the way. But it's a very uh, funny story with Mr. Avram Eisenberg. In our next uh, quick uh, news headline, California DMV cho- chooses Tezos blockchain to test the di- digitization of the state's vehicle titles and track all the faulty car history, which will follow it state to state. The first nuclear Bitcoin mining will begin in 2023 in the U.S. at the Pennsylvania Susquehanna Nuclear Power Station using the Nautilus crypto mine. The mining is set to begin in quarter one of 2023. The joint venture, Terra Wolf, Terra Wolf and Talon Energy Corp. will uh, be mining Bitcoin using the nuclear power station's two water reactors that have been in operation for 39 years. The promise of nuclear power means even less emissions when using it. Although 55% of all Bitcoin mined is using renewable energy, the emissions are still very high. And Ethereum, a 
different crypto, has switched to proof of stake and has reduced emissions by 99%. And for our final uh, quick news bit, Pfizer, an American-based multinational pharmaceutical and biotech corp, joins FIDA-DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. This is Pfizer's first DAO. They did this to enter into the DSI space, which is decentralized science. Vita Dow is in the decentralized science DSI. They fund their their funds research projects in the longevity science and recently raised four point one million dollars through Pfizer. This Dow aims at des, uh, designing better science to further the advancements in longevity research projects and the biotech startups with peer-to-peer reviews of research papers and NFT projects. The funding for projects on VitaDAO is through traditional means or via NFTs, non-fungible tokens that are intended to represent intellectual property. And with those, uh, with that being said, we'll switch over to Saberstein with the crypto markets. Oof, you added that last story this morning, didn't you? Yes. Uh, that's really interesting. Pfizer is joining Vita Dell. Huh. You always find the coolest news. Um, Tim or Major, do you guys have anything to add on to that news or any comments on it? Uh, yeah. Um, one, I am just super stoked. One, first off, thank you so much for having us here. This is uh, just really awesome. Uh, really cool to, to be here um, with you guys uh, representing Reese Research, uh, myself and Tim. Uh, I really i'm a big person kind of thinker it's, it's it's what i did for the london stock exchange when i was an index analyst right uh always looking at macro trends which we'll get into more but this nft story uh really excites me because i think the the future of nfts is going to be so vast and applicable to so many different ways right like you know if uh, if you went on CNBC a year ago and you heard some idiot loudmouth pundit talking about how useless NFTs are, right? Uh, he would never have thought that the DMV in California would be utilizing this new technology. So I think that's really cool. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to like every one of those headlines that I see, uh, especially as to get more creative. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just tack onto that and uh, I guess kind of introduce myself here quickly as well. So um, hey, I'm Tim, um, currently working at a financial institution, but got a number of years of trading under my belt, but uh, pay attention primarily just to new new news stories and uh, make some trades off that. But very interesting with the, the DMV NFTs. Um, I've always kind of thought that it would be an interesting thing to have our like identification be digitized into an NFT. So it's really interesting seeing this kind of happen now. But yeah, that was just what I thought was interesting there. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, B-Bands finds the best news. I always, I always appreciate how she always finds news where, you know, um, the blockchain is actually being utilized for like real life things. It's so relatable. Love it. Um, yeah. So now we can get into my crypto analysis and then hopefully EJ shows up to do the um, traditional markets but uh, if not i guess luckily we have two traders here maybe they could uh, help out a little bit with that we'll see uh, so good morning everyone this past week bitcoin primarily traded sideways wicking into supply at 23,800 first on wednesday then again on sunday as it held above the 10 sma on the daily chart 
I still want to see supports tested. The one below is 21,500 if we are to continue this move up. Resistance line above is 25,200. On the weekly chart, a lot of people are watching the potential crossing of the 50 SMA down over the 200 SMA. This would be a bearish crossing. Even if the cross did happen and Bitcoin rejected the area, it could still come down. Bounce off a strong support level and push up to test resistance again. When you see a potential bearish signal, it is not all doom and gloom, Bitcoin to zero, etc. It is important to recognize these potential signals and areas on the chart so you can see how price reacts in these critical areas. If we break above the supply zone, we are currently tapping into them and in, into, then I see that $30,000 supply area above as next resistance, which was previously support in the May to July of 2021 bear market. So a fairly, fairly critical area. The monthly candle has not closed yet, but I am looking at it as there is only one day left before it closes. So far, it is going to close a bullish engulfing candle on above average volume, which is excellent for the bulls. Uh, please remember that one candle is not a signal by itself. We need to see the next candle close for confirmation of an uptrend. I generally prefer to use the weekly and daily timeframes as monthly candles take an entire month to give a signal and then another month for confirmation. Uh, crypto is also not as um, not as old as the traditional markets. So whereas if you were to look at a lot of charts um, in the traditional markets, you have you know years and years of price action to look back on. Whereas Bitcoin, of course, has a very small amount compared to those ones. Uh, interesting note, the fear and greed index is at 61. And so it's now showing greed, something we have not actually seen since March 30th of 2022 after Bitcoin rejected the 48,200 area and then continued the downtrend beginning from 69,000. And of course, as we saw, it hit that 48,200 area and just down, 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 down. Um, so not a bad idea at this point to take some profits if you have not already. Scaling in and out of positions is a great way to ensure you protect your initial capital invested and realize some profits. Um, also, keeping a runner position after securing some profit is a great way to cure FOMO and also have exposure to a potential move even higher. So, of course, first thing, make sure that you protect your initial capital. Uh, next, take some profits and then keeping your runner position just in case it does go to the moon. Who knows, right? Um, in traditional markets, we have a potentially volatile week coming up with FOMC and tech earnings. So keep a watch on crypto as negative news for stocks could affect the crypto market. Uh, FOMC day is usually volatile leading up to and after as well. So like for myself, it's generally a no trade day um, just because you can get wicked out below. You can get wicked out above. So unless you're like, you know, in and out of scalps, it can be um, you know, a bit difficult. And now we're over to EJ to give us that update and let us know what we are looking for this week. Hello, EJ. Hello. Good morning. Uh, apologies for being late. Been a typical Monday, but I'm here. So. Thank you for the, the crypto analysis. Uh, it's been an interesting week. We saw a very green week to close it out. So let's get right into it. Uh, this week closed out with the S&P 500 up 2.47%. NASDAQ was up 4.7%. Dow Jones was up 1.8%. And Russell 2000 was up 2.3%. Um, <clears throat> a lot of things happened last week. If you guys were in BuzzFeed, you might be retired now. If you if you took an options play 
on BuzzFeed, you probably are very happy this, uh, today. BuzzFeed was what everything was about last week. Uh, the news and media company announced that it would use OpenAI's artificial intelligence chatbot, ChatGPT, to help it generate content. This was an addition to a major deal with Meta platforms where Meta would reportedly pay BuzzFeed millions to generate content for its platform as well. For the week, BuzzFeed was up 309% to $3.87 a share. It was pennies. I think it was like 60 cents before. So if you guys saw that, pretty amazing. Everyone's getting very excited about this AI. I know ourselves are looking into some AI crypto where they're going to be combined, but pretty amazing to see that. On the flip side, the U.S. GTP, which is the gross domestic product, uh, showed that the U.S. economy finished 2022, not 2023, 2022, ahead of what analysis expected from last year. Or the monetary value of final goods and services in the economy had increased by around 2.9% in the period from October to December. This was a larger than expected increase than most analysis who expected a around 2.8%, which is only 0.1%. But when these numbers are off, they can rock the market. Um, even as recessions of a, 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 you know, talk of recessions have lingered in the market, the GDP was good to see these numbers. Uh, to close it out for last week, another hot stock was Lucid Motors. Lucid was up 88% on Friday following speculation that Saudi Arabia's public investment fund they have a public investment fund. It's considering buying a remaining stake in the luxury electric vehicle startup. The PIF, the public investment fund, already owns 65% of the company, and their acquisition caused shares to rally. And if you saw it, it halted the market like four times. So they were. this happens when price can move too quickly. Uh, the New York Stock Exchange has control to halt market when they feel it needs to be halted, halt a specific stock. This one stock was halted multiple times, um, but it is still up very significantly up. Uh, so let's get into this week. What do we have going on? Oh, I did have a one bad thing last week was Tesla. Their revenue. You're breaking up, EJ. Hello. Is there anybody out there? We lost them. Got rug saber. Well, it was bound to happen soon. I don't. I think the last couple he's been on, he hasn't rugged. So he was talking about Elon and Tesla there a little bit, and we're on Twitter, so you never know. Yeah, oh, they're here. LOL. <laughs> Insert your own yeah, Lord theory. Listen, Lord Elon was with the AI. He was part of that group that started. The hey, AI. what are the oh. odds? What are the odds? Right, when I talk about Elon, I got rugged. <laughs> uh, no, I was talking about uh, Tesla was down uh, pretty bad last week. The let's see what we had: thirty-two or three hundred twenty-four million of revenue was deferred relating to the company's driver assistance system. Automotive gross margins fell twenty-five point nine percent, the lowest in the last five quarters. Uh, so Tesla was a little bumpy last week, but this moves us into today, Monday. All day, it is the first trading day, first trading date following the FDA action date for Pfizer. 
Do you watch any of the football games last night? Pfizer was all over. Um, of course they were. And uh, MYOV drug treatment for pain associated with endo endometriosis. This is going to be big because these are big drug companies that are related to a lot of COVID vaccinations that were being made as well. So Pfizer could be a little bumpy today. Pay attention to that. It's PFE is the ticker, Pfizer. Tuesday, we have all day. Sports betting will officially be legal in Massachusetts. Wynn Resorts, Encore Boston Harbor, and the MGM Resorts, and Penn Entertainment all landed the Category 1 sportsbook licenses that will allow legal in-person sports betting. So that is something, if you guys are on betting platforms, um, that is very good for any of those stocks that you guys want to look into. Uh, what, uh, what is that one? DraftKings is one that you could pay attention to. I didn't write it down, but that came on top of my head. All day, shareholders and Lionheart 3 Corp. I, or it's just, it's Lion is the ticker. L-I-O-N will vote on taking substantial supply chain player security matters public in an SPAC deal. So if you are in any of that, Lionheart, today the SPAC deal will go through or be uh, discussed. Wednesday is the big day. Wednesday is everything this week. The data reports for Chinese electric vehicle makers, NIO, which is NIO, uh, Li Auto, which is LI, and XPeng, which is XPEV, will post their monthly deliveries reports. Uh, the gross gaming revenue report for January will be closely watched with a few days of the Chinese New Year included in the first full month of the relaxed COVID restrictions of China. So keep this in mind. A lot of stuff happening. All day uh, Wednesday, Samsung will hold its unpacked product event. The company is expected to announce the S23 series of phones at its first in-person event in three years. So you better know there's going to be hype around that for all those Samsung uh, people that love it. All day as well, OPEC, O-P-E-C, oil ministers will meet online to review levels of output. The joint uh, minister uh, uh, committee, the, sorry, the joint committee of OPEC is expected to endorse the current oil output policy of the group. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard, the FOMC will issue its statement following the two-day meeting of the central bank. And then on top of that, 30 minutes later, heaven forbid, hold your chairs, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell will hold a press conference. We all know how that goes. Wednesday, buckle up. It's going to get bumpy. Thursday, all day, the Games Beat Summit into the Metaverse three-day virtual conference will begin. The event will include a focus on the findings and emerging trends within the Metaverse. Um, and then BNGO will hold a strategy day event as well on Thursday. So Games Beat Conference on Thursday will be a uh, into the Metaverse. Three two-day virtual conferences will begin. Um, Friday, last day of the week, big, 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 big. 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a January jobs report is forecast to show a gain of 175,000 jobs. The unemployment rate is seen trickling up to 3.6%, and average hourly earnings are seen rising 0.3% month over month. And that is it for the week. I know that was a lot of information. Just like Saberstein had said, she is correct. This is a big week. Pay attention. Uh, this would be a week if you do anything, play it safe, be smart. And bands, with that, I will pass it back to you.
Well, thank you guys so much for that. I was going to do the announcements, but I actually am very excited to speak with um, Tim and Mayor. Major, I'm sorry. My husband was here in the background laughing at me, saying that I'm saying it wrong, but he's so loving. So <laughs> I wanted to say it right. <laughs> um, if we can, uh, I'm going to hand over the uh, this interview to Saberstein and let her introduce her guest. I'm super excited to meet you guys. Um, thanks. I'll, I'll leave the announcements to the end. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, so Major and Tom kind of introduced themselves already before they um, commented, which was awesome. And so I'm just going to get right into the questions. So Major and Tom, uh, I guess we'll start with Major. Uh, would you care to share how you got into trading and investing? Absolutely. Uh, and, and don't worry, I've been called much worse uh, in high school. I took all the, you know, the Spanish classes, so I was called Mahor, right? Uh, oh, that, that, that J was a very hard H uh, in high school, so uh, <laughs> no worries about it at all. Um, yeah, and I made my first trade uh, during the financial collapse in 2008. It was right after I lost my Fulbright scholarship. I was like, well, that really sucks, right? But like, you know, if if this terrible thing is gonna happen to me, I'm gonna try to take advantage of it the best I can. Uh, so, you know, I bought Bank of America after that got bailed out and that was my first step into uh, the stock market. Fast forward after a degree in mathematics and a job working for the London Stock Exchange, we uh, got a, something happened in the, uh, Kind of towards the end of uh, the first quarter in 2020, I can't remember what exactly, but like just shit went downhill real fast. Uh, I learned my priorities in life weren't making rich guys richer, but a redistribution of wealth. So I quit my job and took to Discord and Reddit uh, and found myself just an amazing trading community and the rest is history. But I guess Tom uh, will talk a little bit more about that. Hey, yeah. So um, just quickly to clarify the Tom versus Tim, I go by Tom on our podcast that we do. So Major just defaultly calls me Tom nowadays. Um, but yeah, so how I got into trading. Um, stock has kind of been, or like finance, I guess, has been kind of a topic of my whole life. Um, my dad runs a small public company where he does a little bit in the the mining field, but I won't talk too, too much about that. But very basically, the conversation at the dinner table growing up was all um, about like running the company and what's going on, potential deal going through, whatever it might be. So it's always kind of been an interest of mine. And whenever I went to school, um, I was fortunate enough where my parents were able to afford and pay for the majority of my schooling. And with the grants and the scholarships that I got, it basically gave me a little bit of capital to be able to invest into uh, the stock market. Um, the time that I was going to school was right at the beginning of the whole weed industry. Um, there was a bunch of little small OTC or like venture companies going public that were dabbling in cannabis related stuff. So I was buying those and uh, two or three of the companies that I had bought into ended up getting bought by um, Afria and Canopy Growth Corporation. So those are basically shares that I just held for a couple of years. And then as 
legalization kind of came through here in Canada, um, I kind of took that opportunity to like sell the news whenever it kind of came through fruition. And hindsight being 2023 now, haha, um, pretty good first entry into the market there. And then ever since that, it's been slowly just kind of growing that. But the approach that I take to trading is more or less looking at like dividends and uh, more cyclical um, movements in stocks, just the more predictable trades where you're getting three or four, maybe 5% per trade, but over the course of a, a week or two, but things that are a little bit, I would say a little bit more safe or predictable based on historical events. So that's kind of where I am, yeah. Awesome. So yeah, so a lot less volatile than the, you know, thousand percent gains that most people are looking for in crypto. Um, now, oh, it's so boring, right? Seven <laughs> percent. Like you tell me seven percent. I'm like, I might as well just put it in like a bank account or something. Right. Like seven percent. I might as well just give my money to SBF and see what he can do with that. You got to uh, just compound <laughs> it like seven percent on seven percent on seven percent. Right. But so eventually yeah. makes a lot of money. You know, uh, with the S&P 500 being down 20% last year, well, like 19.69 or something like that, right? Almost 20%, uh, the NASDAQ down almost 30%. You know, you talk yep. to nine out of 10 traders and five to 7% sounds really good compared to being down 30%, you know? So it, it's it's all, you know, you take it with a, a grain of sand uh, and and like Tim Tom will, will hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll get to ask him about uh, risk management. Right. So, you know, yeah. in your portfolio, you've got some stocks, you've got some crypto, right? Like, I don't know why anyone shouldn't have at least 1% of their portfolio in crypto. Uh, you know, maybe don't buy it at six, 9,000, but you know, 19,000 is not, not a bad price at the moment. It's not where I think the price is going uh, eventually, but like risk management is really important. Uh, but if, if you're worried about five or 7%, you are not alone. Uh, and I am, while I try to be safe, like Tom, I also try to go for three or 400%, which inherently is not safe at all. And that, that's something that you can do, but just speaking on risk management for like a half second there, using one or 2% of your portfolio to do that, not half of your portfolio or like half of your total network. Yes, yes, right? like there's, brother. There, there's times to do those kinds of things. And I dabble with options too, but again, with a small amount of money that if I lose it, it's not really going to impact my overall all that much. Yeah, right. I, I think. Sorry, I was it's funny because like oh, one, of, yeah, one of like one of the first things I ever heard when I started like looking into trading was that trading should be boring. And mm -hmm. I swear, like half the time, I still don't take that that advice. That should always be in my brain, you know, because sometimes you just you just want to play a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like. If you are going to do something that's a little bit more risky or I don't know if you want to call it gambling based on like the flip of a coin, if Tesla goes up or down today, like, sure, maybe do that. But with very limited exposure, where if you're limiting your loss to $200, you know that your max loss is going to be $200. It's not going to accidentally wipe out your portfolio and then you have to work for another 30 years to retire. Yeah, absolutely. No. So basically just keeping your losses um, small so that you can keep your gains larger and protecting that initial capital for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all about the risk reward ratio. Like what am I risking versus what, what am I gonna get in, in reward? Let's take uh, like Shiba Inu, for example, right? Like 
what during the bull run it went up like a million percent and you know people are like oh maybe it'll go up to like two million percent like i don't know if you're a degenerate crypto trader uh in a bull market then you know go go to your car and you know try to see if you can't find five dollars and quarters right uh, underneath <laughs> the seats and turn that turn that five dollars into 25 dollars, right you just turn that subway sandwich uh in, into a you know longhorn steak right uh but it's about knowing like when to get in and when to get out and, and just seizing the opportunity uh as much as everyone here including myself likes to hodl or you know I, I i speak presumptuously on everyone else as much as we as a people like to hodl i don't think now is the time to be doing such uh in my opinion and this is just my opinion right like i think like well, we are in a renaissance like that's a fact right uh this is a brand new technology this is absolutely a, a game changer right like there's there's reasons why jamie Dimon and, and jp morgan the big banks are, are scared of this right they're like, oh, crypto is a scam. I mean, no more than, than fiat money, right? So when you have this ability to take banks and decentralize them, like, yeah, there's going to be a ton of FUD. And don't forget, like, everyone that you see on television is friends with a banker or wants to one day work at a bank making millions of dollars. But that being said, this feels really familiar, like the dot-com era. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you guys remember... I don't know how yes. everyone is here, but like the early, not, like, not a lot of regulation and just more companies or more cryptos than you know what to really do with. Yeah, it was brand new technology. There was a thousand startups and they all sounded great. I mean, like we all, you know, you'll hear people talk about like pets.com. I was just going like, to say pets.com. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, Yahoo, like AOL, like AOL, American online. Like we used to get our internet mailed to us on a CD, like if you were investing like 1996 or 97 or whatever, right? Like you were like, this is the internet. This is the future, right? Like I'm Major, going all in inter on AOL. Internet's fully on computers nowadays. There's no more mail-based internet. Well, you don't get your internet on a CD. Yeah, your computers don't become <laughs> with CD drives anymore, right? So like, this is the future, but what is the future, right? Like is Ask Jeeves gonna be the go-to search engine 20 years from now or is something like google going to take over is litecoin going to be the go-to mid-sized payment option for crypto or is something else going to come along that's what i think about at night and that's actually a really good comparison and what i think is a really valuable discussion point is like during the dot-com boom, like, yeah, for sure. If you would have picked like some absolute winners like Apple, there's no doubt that you would be fairly well off right now. However, I would even argue if you picked something like Dell or like IBM or I don't know, some other random subsect company in the tech market, you would have still done pretty handsomely, I would imagine. So I don't know, maybe it's a, a point to diversify and pick some well-researched projects that have a actual use case behind them. You know, that's a, it's a really well thought out idea. Uh, and leaning on that idea, uh, I want to talk about like baskets, and like ETFs, like, you know, letting someone else like diversify for you. But with your general thought, while overall, if you pick like five or 10 different cryptos, right, and you put $100 in each of them, right? Like, yeah, probably the the juice will be worth the squeeze 10 years from now. But if you take something like Intel, right? Uh, ticker INTC, right? Yeah. Like they peaked in the dot-com era in 2000, 2001, right? And it took them 15 years to get back to break that all-time high, 
Yeah, right? so yeah. over 15 years. It took me like 18 or I don't remember exactly, but over 15 well, years, right? So like that's a long time. Unless that was you're like the whole sum of the Nasdaq too. I'm pretty sure, right? It took 15 years for the Nasdaq to recover, or 13 yeah, or yeah. something. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's the stat I'm thinking of. Yeah, Intel took 18. Nasdaq took like almost 15 over a decade. Which yeah. uh, for anyone in the crypto space, that's that's about the length of the crypto space, right? <laughs> so like that's a long time to be waiting around. Hmm. Just guessing, uh, trying to buy 10. I would maybe let the dust settle a little more, or well, look at an ETF. Looking back on crypto and how long I've been paying attention to it, it does go through like kind of like a four year cycle, right? From the bottom of the bear market to whenever the bull market starts off again. Right. Talking about like the, it, the, the great crypto winter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It lasts a couple of years and it comes up on the having events. I wonder if this pattern won't be disrupted now that so, like, the first thing you should learn about stocks, right? As soon as you identify the pattern, if someone at Wall Street, knows you've identified the pattern and is now trading against you in that pattern. Uh, <laughs> so like once everyone on Reddit and stock tweets and Twitter is talking about this three or four year like crypto winter, right? Like someone on Wall Street's figuring out how to take the most money, how to make the most money possible off of this idea. And since you can't generate money unless you're the Fed, they have to take it from you, right? It's it's not a, it, there's mm -hmm. a win loss here, right? So yeah, I think that's important to, so, one of the questions like uh, that we were going to talk about is like, what is fundamental analysis, right? Uh, and that's like such a easy and, and hard question because fundamental analysis covers so much. I think the easiest way to answer that question is by defining what it's not, and it's not technical analysis, right? So technical analysis is looking at a chart, looking at uh, statistics, and then that's like where you're picking your buys and your sells. Fundamental analysis is everything else right like looking at like the macro environment looking at you know if it's a company looking at like company stats looking at like the sector right if it's based on a commodity right like how is that commodity doing like you know if you're wanting to invest in an oil company like should you buy oil like should you buy an oil company when oil is at an all-time high or mm -hmm. maybe when it's uh, at a pretty relative low so like that's like fundamental analysis so like applying like that idea right and that's where it gets tricky because you can have 10 different analysts and read the same report and come up with probably seven or eight different like uh, takeaways from that, right? Yeah. So exactly. this is just mine with a grain of sand. But I'd be careful of this, this four-year crypto cycle because one, you know, everyone's identified the pattern. But two, we, you've got this huge snafu going on with FTX and Sam Bankman free, right? You had mm -hmm. Kevin O'Leary, you had BlackRock put what, 2 million, 2 billion into this company with like with, with zero due diligence, zero research, zero board directors, right? Uh, and zero that's regulation. A, that's their fault though. It yeah, is right? their fault. Like, well, yeah, I mean, if you tell me like BlackRock put 2 billion in, I'm not gonna do any research. If BlackRock put 2 billion in, I'm putting billion in, right? Like I'm, I'm following BlackRock because BlackRock should have done their due diligence. Right, that's that group thing that got everyone in Wall Street in trouble. So yeah. now I'm like on a fundamental like level, I'm wondering how much of a bull market can crypto have until we get actual regulation, right? Because I think yeah. you know if I was you know a multimillionaire, a decamillionaire, a billionaire, right, or if I was just managing those funds, I'd be more worried about these exchanges and where I'm investing money in the crypto space where. You have someone like SBF, right? The literal white knight of, of crypto who is scamming everyone. Mm -hmm. 
right? So until regulation comes in, I am very wary of any legitimate bull, like bull run. That being said, there's the technical analysis side of it. So like, you know, you'll probably catch me buying Bitcoin over 25K. Not a lot, but a little bit. I'll nibble. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think we're in a like almost ideal spot right now in the markets where, yes, there is a potential that we do go lower, but things have come down a lot from their peak. And there is some inherent value kind of built in now. Like things are just kind of on sale by default if they've, I don't know, what is Tesla fallen? 60% from its high? At least. It's, it, it's rallying hard right now, so it may not really be the best example there. But taking the time over 2023 to dollar cost average into some longer term ETFs, maybe something that has some dividends in it, would be a, a good idea. And I don't know, maybe looking at the crypto markets the, the same way, taking some time to dollar cost average into some longer term positions, maybe not using any leverage or anything like that, but just having some to put into like a cold storage wallet for yourself. Yeah, I like that Perfect. idea. Yeah. Or using Perfect, yeah. Uh, options. What do you think about that? Sorry, say that again. Oh, I was asking Saberstein, what, what she thought about that. What, crypto options? Uh, yeah. So earlier you were talking when you were doing your uh, excellent, excellent crypto market analysis, right? You were talking about, you know, securing some profit, right? Taking your initial cost basis out, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, we have been on a nice run, right? 16.5 to 23.24. That's very good. That's better than this market deserves, uh, in my personal opinion. Um, and with the VIX being under 20, right, historically, now's a good time to, to, to sell uh, your long positions, historically speaking, of course, right? And that's the VIX covering the S&P 500, which is not crypto, but they are highly correlated. Here's my fine print, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> um, but using, so securing profit, right? But you also don't want to like, you know, what if major's wrong? He, you know, ask my wife, I've been wrong several times uh, on a daily basis, right? So I like the idea of looking at like Mara, like uh, M-A-R-A, right? They have uh, some options, right? That go out to 20, at the end of 2024, 2025, right? So, you know, getting a, a, a leap, you know, that's five, six, 700 days out. That way you're still exposing yourself to crypto, you're still giving yourself plenty of time to uh, average down if Tether explodes and Bitcoin goes to 4,000, right? Uh, and then you've got plenty of time for regulation to go through and money to pump up because you dollar cast average and hopefully we'll come out on the other side all right. No, I think that's actually a really great idea. Um, actually, maybe that's something I can cover in another show is um, options in the stock market that relate to crypto. Oof, you just given me an idea. Uh, that's that's all. I'm the idea guy. That's what I'm here for. You are. You're the idea guy. Yeah. Basically, like, oh, anything hey, you can think of, there's an there's an ETF for it. Yeah. Sorry, um, B bands. I'm trying to let Robo speak, but it's not letting me. Okay. I will. I just clicked him in. Um, sometimes he has issues. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give him. I didn't know if you wanted to ask your question first about uh, Roots Research, or if you yes. want, oh, there he is. I, oh, yes. Yes, no, I do actually, want to get into yeah. that. I'm just letting them go because they are, they have such great chemistry when speaking that they just go from topic to topic. And I don't want to wreck the flow. 
Um, but we, <gasps> oh, I, you know, no, I guess we no, do, totally. yeah, we do need to get to um, that. Yes, please interrupt me anytime. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, shut me up. Uh, yeah, if you guys want, I guess. talking. Yeah, yeah. I will shame, kind of shamelessly plug, not shill. Uh, that's no. terrible. But I, can I shamelessly plug our, our podcast if you want to no. listen to Major and, and Tim Tom ramble on a little bit more. You find course, us on Spotify at the, the yeah. Roots Report. Um, just shared top 10% globally uh, until 2022 uh, along Spotify podcasts. So I don't know. If someone thinks it's worth sharing. I would, I don't know. It's, my mom will listen to it, but my dad likes it a lot. <laughs> it's actually, I put it in the comment section. So if you go oh, down thank to you. the bottom right in the comments, I have both of your Twitters and I have a link to the podcast. Um, I actually do listen to the podcast every week you well whenever you guys actually do put out um an episode i think it's usually once a week that it usually happens um i always listen to it because it's just it's it's not even too long sometimes they're 20 minutes sometimes they're an hour um it's just a you guys chat about the news and anything that's going on in the market really nice to listen to um now with roots research i just want to know what is the origin story so actually as someone who listens to the podcast and is in the server i would really like to know yeah, if I if I may take this one there, Major. Oh, please go ahead. Yeah, so this was kind of like incepted during the uh, like 2019, 2020 retail trading boom. And it was started off a couple of us uh, were just talking on Reddit and just in like the comment section of some random post. And we figured we should make a Discord group. And then there was one that was made and it got up to like a couple thousand people pretty quickly. But we noticed right away that once we broke that couple hundred to a thousand person mark, um, the conversation kind of got lost and there was no way to like actually ask questions because the feed was moving too quickly and you couldn't really like find the questions to even answer, even if you wanted to. So we, me and six other guys, major included, um, kind of took a step back and created our own little server where we would like bring people in who were learning about the space and wanted to sort of understand, I don't want to say a smart way to do things, but a little bit more of an educated way to do things. And we didn't want to charge anything for it. It was just like purely about like learning and growing your own future. And we were originally the Pandas Bamboo Garden. So whenever we officially made things formal with a, a, a partnership, uh, we decided to stick with that kind of like homegrown feeling. So that's where Roots Research comes from. I love it. I had no idea you guys started as just people chatting on Reddit. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. It was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. Though, that you found such a diverse group of people, though, because like each of you um, have very like different strengths and you guys really are great at bouncing ideas off each other, but also challenging each other. That part is always really interesting to me um, because mm -hmm. you're not just yes men to each other. You're not like, Oh yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. you know, and nobody likes the yes man group. Nobody does. Um, yeah. But I do see Robo is up here now. Robo, do you have a question or do you want to say Hello, something? darling. Uh, I do. Can you, first of all, can you hear me okay? Because I've had major connection issues for like 48 hours uh, with spaces. Am I okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can hear you I really well. I did have a couple of things. Uh, I mean, I was going to throw this up to AJ until I listened to your two guests, uh, who were very esteemed, uh, by the way. I'll be following both of them. 
I saw some news today uh, about uh, chips, microchips, right? And about Samsung and a few others and the forecasts. Like, just to preface this, for the last, like, what, 12 months or something? Maybe a little bit more? All we've heard is, like, chip shortage, chip shortage, chip shortage, right? You know, China, Taiwan, China, Taiwan. And it's caused a bit of, like, you know, you know worries in the markets, etc. Then today I see that apparently there's this, like, digging, like, downturn in the sale of electronics uh, this year. The forecasts, they're expected to lose $5 billion uh, this year. Uh, Samsung and a few others, right? Now, is this, like, bullish because it relieves a bit of pressure on the global chip market? Or is it, like, bearish because there's, like, $5 billion going to be lost by the biggest, like... Like, that was a question I did have. And I did have another one about uh, these guys where they thought we uh, we might be without Russia, Ukraine. But I'll leave that until later. Yeah. Did anybody see the news today? $5 billion in losses this year for chip manufacturers? Apparently, anyway. I didn't see the grand figure for five billion, but over the weekend, I over the weekend, I, I was reading some reports. You know, the earnings from from chips and uh, like Intel. Right to answer your question, I think this could turn into a bullish situation uh, for everyone not familiar. Uh, and we actually did cover this on uh, a podcast back in 2021. Uh, Patrick, who's the third member, is not with us here today. Uh, that, 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 that guy has a nine to five or something. I don't know. What's, I don't know what's going on with, but he was, you know, speculating with, and turned out to be completely right with so much demand during the lockdown, right. That all these chip manufacturers ended up double or triple ordering, right? So you've got all these chips coming in and then exactly what he said in 2022, right. We didn't buy as many electronics. Now, everything in the world's just getting smarter right like i was trying to buy a trash can last month and like the top three options on amazon all had like wi-fi and bluetooth built into it right like everything's getting chips so chips are definitely not going away uh i'm very bullish overall on chip manufacturers especially with like maybe a chip manufacturing etf um but i think we're gonna get we're gonna see a little bit more pain in the chips market overall as we're still fleshing through the inventory issues uh the good news is with everyone over uh ordering inventory and then like they're just using up their inventory now right so companies are able to save money by not you know having to order the chips but you know they already spent that money ordering the chips so they just have to get work their way through the inventories uh and then i'm going to start getting more bullish uh especially for like a long-term perspective looking at like a chips etf for sure. Does that answer your question? Yes, bro. I, I, I just thought, like, I mean, isn't a little bit of the, the China-Taiwan uh, pressure, isn't a little bit of that caused by, like, the chip, uh, the chip production in Taiwan, right? There's a little bit of... And I just thought, well, is this, like, fairly bullish and it might relieve a little bit of pressure? And, but then on the other hand, is that, like, 5 billion going to, like, you know, affect these companies? Probably not. That's a that's a great question. And the geopolitics is is not like a strong point, mostly because it seems to change on a on a weekly basis. You know, like we're everything's fine with China. We're going to go to war with China within 2040. And now you've got a U.S. Uh, ex-U.S. high ranking general coming out and being like, oh, sorry, guys, but I think we're going to go to war by 2025. Right. And then you have like Taiwan Semiconductor uh, pledging to make uh, like huge infrastructure uh uh, investments, like right? building a warehouse in the Midwest, which is pretty great. 
But I think the Biden administration just signed a law or just just passed something, right? Effectively, like removing. They're already building in Arizona. Yeah, they're already. Yeah. My friend uh, Liz, they're already building like Arizona and two other places. I think. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's definitely like I think long term. I'm very bullish on chips, but the the global politics uh, between China, Taiwan, and America, and then the glut of inventory right like uh, as soon as the companies start like going through that then i think we'll be fine because i don't know geopolitics like if you look at oil right it took less than a year for oil to come back down from the prices uh that it went to because of like the ukraine russian war right so the the stock market has a very short memory so geopolitically on a long-term perspective i'm not as worried as i am about inventory levels Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. And I've followed the both of you. Very, very Thank nice. You. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, you had a question about uh, Ukraine and Russia? Oh, bro. I mean, I mean, at times, my portfolio has been down horrendous. Uh, I was very, very early, uh, 2021, I was transfixed on the fact that, like, the crypto market wasn't going to follow the previous cycle, but it would, would, would follow the 2013 kind of cycle and would say, like, a triple top. I thought the merge narrative was like so strong that like, like literally, dude, I, I banked everything on a triple top and then Ukraine, Russia kicked in. To me, if we'd never seen Ukraine, Russia, regardless of the Fed tightening or whatever, uh, I, I don't think crypto would have took the hit of wood. Uh, for some reason, I don't know. I, I just want to know about from you, like from your point of view, do you think we'd have seen that like market triple top? Like in a, a bit of a super cycle, if we'd never seen the Russia-Ukraine war or not. Tom, you want to take that one, or you want me to grab it? I don't yeah. do stocks, so I don't know. You see, I don't know the traditional stuff. No, that's dude. A, it's a, a great question. Yeah, so I was looking at uh, crypto back last year, um, early into last year, and what I kind of noticed, and I've been trading crypto for a, a number of years now, basically back since like 2014. Um, playing around with a, a little bit of like Litecoin and stuff back in the day, but doesn't matter. Um, I've been through a couple of bear markets now for crypto. And each time that it has gone into its bear market, regardless of what the news event that happens, it could have been Mt. Gox, it could have been any of the scams that have kind of come out over the past year and a bit now. What has happened is there's always been at least an 80% drop from the peak to the bottom of the, the bear market before it started to rally. And as things started to turn away and not quite get through the, the high 60,000 mark, that's whenever I started looking at that as, okay, it could have possibly been the top. If it was, now what is the bottom going to be? And if there's an 80% loss from, I think it was like 67,000 at the top, it would have been like 13,500 and something. So that's kind of what I've been earmarking as the possible low. And the way things have kind of gone, we got into the 15,000s. So not too bad, but all things being considered, this would have been the smallest drop in the, the entire history of Bitcoin on a percentage basis. This accounts all the way back to whenever it was still trading like at less than a dollar during the the bear market phases it always has had at least an 80 percent drop so 
yes, it's a lot more widely used now, but at the end of the day, it's still going to cause the same amount of fear and uncertainty at different points in the market. And it'll react to whatever the news is going to be. And this is kind of something that um, fundamental traders normally kind of account for. And we've kind of noticed a bit of a pattern where whenever technically, like based on the, the charts, things are looking like it's about to turn around. There's usually a news event that follows pretty closely into where things are technically supposed to reverse. And it's, it's very weird to kind of say that, but it almost always happens. And we, we've been doing this in a like formalized basis now for a little over a year. And the amount of times that we've seen something like this natural gas cycle, it's just ridiculous. The news always comes and confirms the, the trend that as it's happening and like, okay, well, that's the, the black swan event, if you will, or that's the, the piece of news we were waiting on, whether it's like FOMC minutes or anything else. Do you guys remember that time China banned crypto mining like eight times in a row? Like every month they just kept rebanning <laughs> and it would drop crypto oh, like dude. 10% that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the best day of my life was when, it, when, the, uh, when the Chinese mine uh, flooded and the hash rate just like dropped off the, like I made like, like two grand in about 10 minutes, like from fucking Arb and like between me Thai exchange and Binance, I was like, what the fuck is this? You know what, though? <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll say this to you guys. I'm very inexperienced uh, compared to a lot of people. I do rely a lot on uh, FA uh, rather than like TA. I do listen to the right kind of people for the TA. Like I'm not a TA guy, but I'll never be hit by this like triple top narrative again. In the future, whenever these markets are like, you know, and you hear the narrative, like I'll always sell like double top because my God, I got sucker punched. And it's quite, I'm quite happy to admit that like that F 2.0 narrative like, and I was listening to the wrong people, like Raoul Paul and a few others. And obviously it's pretty terror and a few other things. I, I don't think you can probably quantify uh, what happened in crypto in the last 12 months last year anyway. I don't think you'll ever be able to, like, quantify that in, like, normal, traditional markets, whatever. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be aware for the rest of my life to sell early uh, rather than fucking late. I'll never be sucker punched again, like, ever. I'll be ready. There you go. Awesome. And that's, that's all the market is, is uh, a learning experience, right? Every single trade, you should be taking away something, right? Like, you know, we'll call that market tuition, right? When it, when it costs us money uh, so we can sleep at night. Um, but that's good, right? Like that's something that every trader goes through. We all learn the lessons like that. And it's all like a, a kick in the teeth, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, as long as you learn from it and you like apply like proper risk mitigation, then you know, you're good to go. I remember, right, like 69,000. First off, let me just stay for a second. Like the top is, right, according to Weeble right here, $69,047.81, right? Uh, so can we just like a metal lull at it topping out at 69,000, right? So bro psychology uh, would, would dictate that the bottom's gonna be what, 4,200, right? We're gonna, we got a 69, we're gonna get a 420 in here at the bottom. Uh, but yeah, uh, remember, we, the, remember the first major drop after sixty nine thousand went to like forty two thousand something. Yeah, exactly. So it like was both. Yeah. It was like the silliest. Like, why? Yo, what the hell? Psychology we, we, is happening. We joke. We joke about that, but like, 
like like I so someone who's tricked so someone who's been in like the professional like industry, like these guys are they're goofballs. They're they're people like you and me. They're angry people on Twitter, they're funny people on Twitter, they're meme shit posters on Reddit. Like these people make tons and tons of money and they do tons and tons of drugs, right? But they're just as immature and goofy as every other millennial trading in the market right now. Mm-hmm. Uh so like like don't think just because it's you know someone trading Goldman Sachs doesn't think like like they're they're gonna make like funny trades and impulsive trades. Uh, there's a great article just two seconds. The great article you, you can look up online uh, about a, a British commodities trader who went out to the pub, just got hammered, right, and then went back and then just tanked the entire oil market, right, in like in like two hours. So you know, professionals make mistakes all the time. They're very human. <laughs> I think I missed. I think I missed that top. I think I missed that top by like uh, four days. Like I did, I did put my tweet up there uh, from fifteenth of November. I think was it top eleventh? The eleventh of November was it? The sixty nine, right? Let's see. I mean, yeah, it was sixth or no? The uh, I've got 11th, a weekly chart. Probably 11th, the eleventh. Tenth or eleventh? I'm sure it was eleventh. Sure, it was about eleventh. Uh, like, I mean, I, I did, I did tweet like, like, but dude, it's like I don't know. It's, 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 it's a learning experience, and it's one of the greatest things I think anyone will ever go through in their life. And I'll shut up now, B-Bands, because it's been really nice to speak to like, some clever people. Like, But uh, I have learned a lot from this space. Thank you, guys, and, and take care. Absolutely. Like you said, you can follow us on Twitter, tweet at us. Um, we have a Discord. You can join it for free. We also have a premium. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to have a conversation um, and, and talk a little bit more. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your questions. I appreciate them. Yeah, thank you, Robo. I actually, um, having these guys on here, I actually figured you would want to come up and maybe chat a little bit. So thank you so much. And as our last topic for you guys, um, you had sent me quite a few different ideas, but from your unique takes, the asteroid mining. Um, I know B-Vans, when we were, I was talking to her, was really interested in this. Would you want to talk about it a little bit? I know we're getting like, we're literally at the hour, but it's interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you guys want to stick around, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, this is like Tom and I's like go to like be- bread and butter because because Tom is a he's a metals guy. Right. He uh, he has enough silver. I won't tell you where where he's, it's buried. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I actually lost quite... it all on a boating accident. So it, it doesn't wink. exist anymore. Yeah. In the Bermuda Triangle, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wink, he says wink. landlocked in Canada. Uh, so but Tom and I go back <laughs> and forth about this all the time. Right. So like, you know, because you you can touch metal, right? Like we could get into, you know, the whole conversation, like, you know, is the market manipulated, you know, like the bears like completely dominates and manipulates the, the, uh, the diamond market. Right. And there's a lot of silver missing, uh, in, in the global markets. Right. And then, you know, there's definitely no gold in Fort Knox. Right. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're probably missing a lot of gold too, but it's still like a pretty solid, you know, investment as far as like diversity goes, right? Like people talk about gold being, this is one of the, one of the ones I heard the most uh, in 2022 was, you know, gold was supposed to be a hedge against inflation, right? Bitcoin was supposed to be a hedge against inflation. Well, yeah, if you bought Bitcoin a decade ago, it outpaced the dollar. It was an excellent hedge against inflation, right? It's if you buy Bitcoin in 20, at the, the top in 2021 and, yeah, then anytime in 2022, it's not a quote unquote hedge against inflation, but that's not how you it's not how you hedge against inflation. It's over the long term, right? So I get that. I understand that completely. But here's my thing, 
right? As as hard and as as hard as these metals are and as precious as they are, there's a literal galaxy, a literal universe, right? And probably a multiverse of silver, gold, hydro, whatever, whatever element you want to and you, you think's, you know, unobtainium, right? Like there's a whole franchise coming out about mining unobtainium, but there's only one place in the entire universe where you can get Bitcoin, and that's on planet Earth, right? And the most you'll ever find <laughs> is 21 million, right? I am by no means a Bitcoin maximalist, right? I barely follow the space, but like I am a, I like to think I'm an intelligent man, all right, who, who's taken off the rosy colored glasses. Like the banks don't want this to be a thing because this is the future of money, right? Like when's the last time you've actually spent some money, right? Like. Uh, the United States went through a whole coin shortage last year, and it didn't affect my life at all. <laughs> right? We're in a digital age. Yeah, true. But if you're looking to pass down, you know, crypto, like, so for instance, we have this asteroid that's floating around in our galaxy, right? That's worth 10 quintillion dollars. That's more than the value of Earth. All the money, all the precious resources, that's all, all the GDPs, right? That's, and that's just, it's just floating up in there in space, right? waiting for Elon and Jeff Bezos to fly up there and Armageddon, that's SOB, right? You just get Bruce Willis on there and instead of blowing it up, you just, you know, you just drill, you just drill a mine. Sure. If and when that happens, it'll be a, a different supply and demand equation because there'll be almost infinite supply. Yeah. So, but that's, so but that's only one or two generations away, right? So like as someone who, you know, is looking to start a family in, in the next couple of years, and hopefully that family might have a family, that family might have a family, right? Like I'd love to pass on some stock, right? Like if my parents gave me $1,000 for my first birthday in Apple stock, right? That thing would be worth over $250,000 today, right? Now, would yeah, they spend $1,000 on instead? You know, definitely not, definitely worthless, right? That that crib or whatever. Now, granted, you couldn't, you know, rock me to sleep on Apple shares, right? But like there is power <laughs> in investing and there's power in, in passing on to the future. So if you're thinking like, I'm going to start investing in silver, I'm going to start buying gold, uh, you know, between 21 and 65 so I can pass along to my kid, right? Uh, you know, for a prepper cause, that might be worth something. But as an investment cause, like I might be buying Bitcoin. Yeah, fair. fair. Yeah. That is that is valid. Um, I don't know. It has been kind of seen as the the digital gold, right? So there is some some truth to what you're saying. I do still <laughs> yeah. think there there is a an inherent value in precious metals itself. And until there's a different supply and demand equation, I'll continue to to think that way. Oh yeah, you should definitely be able to probably see the top coming, right? Like as soon as Elon like puts out like a job posting for a aerospace miner, you probably yeah. start selling off your precious metal, metals and, and make a, a good profit. But if you're looking yeah, long-term, like generational wealth, uh, then that's something I consider like deeply. And the, the, the primary use of it is it's money that's kind of like out of the system. There's a value, whatever it's worth, whatever we want to say it's worth, whatever I could sell it for, the value is there. It's not anything that's like in a bank account of a company that can go under or a crypto that can defraud itself and not have any actual backing or there's no bullshit. It's a solid hunk of rock that is, I say it's worth something and other people also tend to think that it's worth something. So 
that that's the primary reason why I have it. That's a good it's point. Kind of, it's like off offline money where it's yeah. not like government backed. It's not, it's just, it is literally valuable metal. Uh, there is, you bring up an excellent caveat and that is the EMP, right? Like what happens when everything's digital and then we get hit by an EMP? <laughs> yeah. Right. We're going to need to be, we're going to need to have our, our cold wallets in, all, in a Faraday box, right? Which mm -hmm. probably actually is a good idea anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know how, how much a, a Faraday box costs you, but I don't know. Probably not too, too much. It's just metal, right? It's like a metal cage. Wrapped in like aluminum. I don't know. They made it on Lost, yeah. so it can't be that yeah. hard. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that's a 15-year-old reference. <laughs> Lost was a series that crashed so hard. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the same thing, though, as, you know, um, like getting a, a fire safe deposit for your house, right? For all of your... Yeah, exactly. Papers, just in case of a fire. But like now, the new thing will be to get this Faraday box to put your ledger in. Right. right? And yeah. Your crypto. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying like the Chinese are going to like drop EMPs over us, but you know, that could happen. Uh, but it's you also know. likely. The, the technology yeah, like, is there right now. There's like solar flares. I read like a headline the other day, like the Earth's core just started rotating the other direction. Now, granted, apparently that happens every 70 years. So there's no reason to freak out. But like, you know, <laughs> you know, like that headline was not scary at first. I was like, wait a second. What's happening to the magnetic poles? Imagine our clocks just all of a sudden start ticking backwards. <laughs> How would you account for that? All, all of our days, the sun would rise in the, the opposite direction. I'd, I'd be like, am I in Australia? Is that how this works? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway. That's, that's some, some, I'm from the some, down some, under now. That's some rich report banter for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess if I could say one last thing, I am a little worried about Tether. Tether might be like a scam. And from people smarter than I, they say like all of crypto is kind of like backed on Tether as a stable coin. So like that could wreak havoc and that could be your Black Swan event to get you down to 4,200 in Bitcoin. Hmm. Okay. So the question for that though is what do you do to protect yourself? Because it's, it's interesting. Everybody likes to say things like, oh, I think it's a scam or I think this is going to happen or whatever. But nobody ever like elaborates on, okay, well, what are the next steps? Oh, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Run, right? Insert, run. insert your favorite run meme, right? The run, dun, 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 dun. Right? Uh, no, there's a couple of different ways. You can, so this is one of the great things you can hedge. Now, if you don't want to use one of those, uh, you know, sketchy or not sketchy right like like uh, exchanges that offer you know 125 negative leverage or anything like that right you can take out short positions through like puts on um like a bitcoin etf or like micro strategies right um mara or riot right like mara's up it was like i think i called out in our discord mara's like four dollars and i was like hey guys mara is looking pretty good for like a leap, you know, uh, again, option that's very low exposure. Yeah, it bombed out like 312 and then it got up last week to like 950, right? So, yeah. you know, if you're buying, you know, if you're, let's say, you know, Bitcoin's at 24,000 and you want to hold on to see if it's going to break this resistance at 25K, right? Uh, you can hold on to it. You can set a stop loss, right? You could look away, you could clench your butt, uh, or you can maybe come over to your exchange. Um, your broker account, right? And take out like uh, a put or a short position on crypto, 
right, to hedge against that position. So if Bitcoin does fall, then we are having then, direct crypto exposure. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, or keeping your exposure long. So you can keep like, you know, like if you time the bottom like almost perfectly, like you yeah, had 16.5 on Bitcoin, right? That's a good price. I would, I would try to not sell that either. Right. But, you know, at 24, it's starting to drop. You're getting a little bit nervous. So you hedge against it. You take a short position in Bitcoin. In case it drops, you'll still make money. You'll Hopefully, you'll still be able to sell your Bitcoin over the average cost and you'll come out mm -hmm. on top. And if it breaks resistance, you just sell your short position that put for a short loss, right? And mm -hmm. you let your initial long position just keep riding. So there's a, right. a couple of different things you could do. I would say my biggest thing, because I am, I would say not even remotely invested in, in, in crypto, in the crypto space as I was, you know, 12 or 18 months ago, right? So for me personally, I'm waiting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dabble if we get over this 25.5 resistance level right um but i'm really waiting for tether for that foot to drop for that shoe to drop on tether for bitcoin to to drop to 13.5 and then let that contagion take it down to to four two right and that's when i'll probably load up and if it doesn't happen then i've got my exposure through um the 25k entry and i'll just take less profit but i'll still yeah, be okay you do bring up a good point, though, Major, using like a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency ETF on the actual like equity markets for short side exposure, because if something really bad does happen, your money is safe in the U.S. equity markets. It's not actually crypto. Yeah, and I say this because a lot of people, a lot of people, especially in like the Cosmos space that, that we're in right now, um, were affected by Terra. Right. And so yeah, yep. with Terra, you're you're stuck. You're just stuck. Yep. You could yeah. most people a lot of people couldn't get their money up. It was like locked up or they couldn't move it or whatnot. And so a big a big learning experience from that is like, okay, well, what happens next time? Because everybody loves to say we're early in the space and we are early in the space, as we discussed um, you know, with the dot com era and things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. but like what how do you protect yourself in the early space, right? Because nothing is regulated yet. Not nothing. Yeah, and like it's, it's not a regulated area yet. What, one thing I do want to mention about using like the equity markets and ETFs and things. Normally, I freaking hate these. And whenever people talk to me about them, because they're asking like how to get into the crypto market or something about it, whatever. Um, it's normally something that does get brought up here, um, just among my like friend circle. And normally I do kind of say they're a bad idea because not only are they susceptible to the price change of cryptocurrency, but they're also susceptible to corporate actions of the actual public company that you're trading there as well. And Major knows this, I know for a fact, but some of you may know some things as well, but the price per share can actually be basically manipulated by the company based on the number of shares that are out there in the float. So they can do things like share buybacks or share offerings by adjusting the number of shares that are in the float directly kind of impacts the, the value of the company or your investment there at the end. So you got to be careful. If you're looking for short exposure, um, there is a hundred ways you could get it and they all have their, their benefits and they all have their risks. So just educating yourself first before you do weird things.
All right. Thank you, guys. Um, we have gone over. We've definitely gone over our usual time, but I did not want to stall this conversation because I thought it was really great um, and hopefully answered some people's questions. I know thank you to Robo for coming up and asking his excellent questions as well. Um, and thank now you, over you. to B-Bands for our Space Skellies announcement before we wrap it up. Awesome, guys. This will be quick. We have just a few announcements to touch on. That was some great conversation, extremely interesting, and I'm so glad we had the time to chat. Um, in, the, in this announcements, we will discuss how the ne next process will go and what you will need in the ignition lab when the ignition lab opens. Um, elixir burn for spaceships is coming in February. Four elixirs burned will give you one random spaceship, gold, blue, or red. After this begins, you will be able to sell your spaceships on the marketplace if you choose to. Important, the lab will open on Wednesday every week. When that, when that time comes, the elixirs can be burned. And at that time, um, and at that time, please see the announcements for details on how, to, how the burn schedule will work for the spaceships. For the ignition labs, you will need to send one OG and one spaceship to the lab to receive your evil skelly. The spaceship is what determines your chances of pulling higher rarities. Your OG skelly is not burned and you will receive it back. Your spaceship is burned and you will not receive the spaceship back. Instead, you will receive your evil skelly. Each OG and evil skelly plays a vital role when our staking dap goes live to be able to receive your star lace. Our DAP has limitless ways for your NFT to earn for you. Please keep in mind that everything will always tie back to the OG Skellies. Now that is the end of our announcements. I just want to thank everybody so much for joining us under Bare Bones of Web3. Thank you, um, Tim. Thank you, Major. And um, I hope you guys have an incredible day. Hi, Mayor. Major. Thank you. I just want to say thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, coming on your space. You guys have been so professional and, and warming and welcoming and just what a fantastic community. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was a blast. Oh, thank you guys for coming. I remember talking to B-Bands a while ago about how nervous I was to ask you guys to come on because I'm like, they're so smart and I always feel <laughs> so silly, but um, I really appreciate it because um, the information and the opinions and the takes that you gave on all the topics we discussed um, were very informative. And so I really appreciate it. And funny, of course, you guys are always funny. Um, I'm just going to let everybody know that I did put um, links to their Twitters and to their podcast in the comment section if you are interested. Um, they do a podcast about once a week and they just cover, you know, topics, things that are going in the market. They share their opinions, some laughs. So it's usually about an hour sometimes it's shorter depending on what they talk about but i think it's really excellent uh so yeah definitely give a follow if you like and um yeah back to you bands well i guess on that note um i can't i will try to i love it when um ej closes us out but he might not be in a place where he can close us out um so i guess i'll close us out uh thank you so much for coming um ej has a saying that in every situation, look for the bad and the good. Um, and so the good and the bad, the good and the bad. God, I know I was trying it. to think of what it was too. like, choose <laughs> to find the good and the bad. I tried guys. Make every I day tried. special for everybody else. Do something nice for someone. Uh, all the good heartwarming things that EJ does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does indeed. He does. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. And um, 
uh, with on that note, I'll close out the space. Bye. Yes, I believe we have Tendermint Timmy next time. Oh, yes. Tendermint, Tendermint Timmy, Timmy. Will, Timmy of I, Spark IBC will be our guest. We'll be telling us the updates on the um, on his new site and everything going on with that. Perfect. Excited. Okay. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was episode 16 of the Bare Bones of Web 3, hosted by B-Bands with the Space Skellies. Special guests, Tim and Major. Recorded on Monday, January 30th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. I'm running out the gate, rapping, step up to the plate. Represent the base when I'm rapping out my fate. Used to play ball, now I'm sitting on the bench like a mitt. Like to play dumb, so you can't tell me shit. Never gonna get me like a raisin, your fifties. And if we go drifting, you better whip it swiftly. I'm on empty, feeling peppy enough to do a fucking barrel roll. Running out of air like this planet isn't terraformed. Looking terrible, like you need a breath. Getting cancer from these wearables, feeling kind of blessed. Tracking everywhere we go, error bars low. Here we are, so I guess we put the terror in the art show. I'm not a leader, but I'll lead if you mislead her. All the creature comfort certified up in this teacher. Feeling like a tenure isn't even needed. Taking all that hunger, trying to feed it. Learning how to love life before we get to beat it. Divided by the past, can't fight the facts. Rhyming fast, lighting it round. In fact, a little backhand should straighten up these little rats. You better pay attention to the dude that's spitting facts. Everybody likes to rap about how they got no attachment. Straight up ended in the back of some shitty shack. Learn how to eat from watching dogs fight over trash. If you think I'm crass, brash, being a little ass, I'm feeling a little bashful about bringing the illest back. It's like the virus brought the violence from the lowest to the highest, and we all got super quiet like the Mayans. And I don't even know where the fuck we go from here. Bunch of long hairs, growing beards, not showing fear. One step forward, taking two steps back. And pray to your mother we don't hit a crack.